And welcome to our podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Maureen. We're the Sonic Boomers. And a few weeks ago, you came up to me and you said, I've got an idea for a holiday podcast. I found the most heartwarming, wonderful story that I thought would be a great thing to share with our listeners. And what is that? It's the story of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Okay. I guess this is about how, how it came to be, how the story came to be. Let's set the scene. Okay. Tonight's story. Right. I'm, I'm going to sit back <laughs> a little bit and you tell me a story. Okay. It's Christmas, 1938. The Depression is on in Chicago. 34-year-old Bob May is an ad writer for Montgomery Ward. He has a bedridden wife dying of cancer mm. and a four-year-old daughter. Oh, my goodness. And... To make matters worse, he was flat broke. It's Christmas time. This poor guy is 0 for 3. During this painful time, May's daughter Barbara asked her father why her mommy wasn't like all the other mommies. Another heartbreaker. Bob thought about his own childhood. He was a sickly little boy and was constantly picked on when he was little, called names, and he felt that he had to craft a response to his daughter that would give little Barbara some hope, something that would teach her that being different was not something of which to be ashamed. So he created a story about a little reindeer, a very special reindeer afflicted with a bright red nose who yet found just the right spot on Santa's team. Little Barbara so loved the story that like little kids, mm. every night, yep. Daddy, tell me the story of Rudolph. And he told it to her every night that before she went to bed. And as we do, with each telling, the story became a little more detailed, a little more elaborate. Well, he still had no money to buy her do- his daughter a present, so he converted this beloved child's story into a handmade picture book for mm-hmm. her. Well, his wife dies. Right in early December. And he continues to work on this picture book. Just a few days before Christmas, Montgomery Ward was having their annual Christmas party, and the father decided reluctantly to attend. And his co-workers knew about the story, and they asked him to tell the story that he created for his daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the story was so well-received that everybody who heard it wanted a copy of it for their own. Montgomery Ward made an offer to May to purchase the rights of the story. And for the next six years, the store would market and give away these six million copies of this story to their shoppers. It was a thing that they did every year. And publishing firms were lining up to buy the rights from Montgomery Ward. Good for him. In a gesture of the spirit of Christmas, Montgomery Ward actually returned the rights to May and... Four years later, Bob May found himself a millionaire. May eventually remarried and continued to grow his family, but this was not the end of the Rudolph story. Oh, what happens here? May would be blessed yet again when his brother-in-law, the successful songwriter Johnny Marks, Mm -hmm. put the story to music and pitched it to the top recording artists of the day, including artists like Bing Crosby who, unfortunately, like everybody else, passed up on it. Mm. It just wasn't hit material. Right. 
In a last-ditch effort, Marx took the song to cowboy movie star Gene Autry, who already had a holiday hit with Here Comes Santa That's Claus. Right. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa right. Claus. Yep. So at first, he thought, Audrey was a little skeptical about recording this song, but Marx pleaded with him, please listen to it again. The turning point came when Autry sang the song to his wife, and she was deeply touched by the line, they wouldn't let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. <laughs> she told her husband, you have to record this. In just a few years, this tale crafted to ease a little girl's sorrow mm. would become the second highest grossing Christmas song ever. Take that, Bing Crosby. Second only to White Christmas. Today, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is celebrated in countless movies, TV shows, TV specials, and has become as ubiquitous as Christmas trees, Christmas presents, and, of course, the jolly-bearded Saint mm. Nick himself. That's a nice story. And the story goes down in history. Yeah, it, it, it almost brings a tear to your eye. Doesn't it? There's one problem. What's the problem? Just have a sip of my water here first. Cause, uh, a little dramatic uh, pause A little here. dramatic pause here. Okay. It's a wonderful story. A good chunk of it is BS. Oh, no. I'm sorry to tell you, but right here in my hot little hand, I have the truth. Okay, well, give us the truth. The truth. And what does the truth do, Maureen? It sets you free. And I'm about to set us all free. Okay. And here, spoil here it, story. Here it comes. The heartwarming story. And by the way, this is from Snopes. Okay. This is from Snopes. And of course, you know what they do is they track down all these urban legends and mm -hmm. myths and stories. Mm -hmm. they, they research it. They actually have a staff that researches this stuff. And they come up with what really happened. Okay. So here is what really happened, according to the good folks at Snopes. The heartwarming part of the story is pure BS. Oh. It is true that Bob May's wife was dying and eventually did succumb from cancer. There is no truth to the part about him writing the story for the comfort of his little girl. Oh. Okay. In fact... As you will see later, the little girl becomes kind of a guinea pig oh, no. in the story. Now, Bob May was indeed an ad writer for the Montgomery Ward stores. And each Christmas season, the store would purchase coloring booklets at considerable expense to them to be freely distributed to their customers as a, kind of a, a holiday gimmick. Mm -hmm. Well, Montgomery Ward executives being businessmen, and this being corporate America, right. they wanted to save a buck. And so, somebody at Montgomery Ward came up with the idea, say, why don't we make the booklets an in-house project? And we won't have to pay outsiders to provide them for us. And we'll save all that money. How convenient. Well, Bob May was known for writing children's stories as kind of a hobby and limericks. And so they assigned the project of creating the booklet to Bob May. 
Now, remembering his own sickly childhood and how other children shunned and harassed him. So that part is true. That part is true. May crafted the story of a reindeer with a glowing red nose, originally called Rollo, the red-nosed reindeer. That doesn't roll smoothly. He was looking looking for something with alliteration. Right, okay. And Rollo, he thought, was a little too... A little too jaunty, mm-hmm. you know, a little too, it, it almost sounded like a, a, a character that you'd have in a 1930s movie. Hey, here's Rollo. <laughs> yeah. Here's Rollo. So he decided not to go with that. Okay. And then later he came up with Reginald. Well, Reginald was too, too British. Yeah, kind of stuffy. Kind of, yeah. kind of stuffy. And I'm Reginald. I'm Reginald the Red Nose Reindeer. No, nothing against people named Reginald. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, it didn't work. And so he eventually settled on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But the actual story of Rudolph is different from the famous song and from the TV shows. Really? It's a different, slightly different story. First of all, lie number one. (laughs) Rudolph was not one of Santa's reindeer. Well, I thought so originally that that they never said he was that he that he lived up there in the North Pole with Santa, but he was not one of the eight original reindeer. Don't spoil my stuff here, oh, Maureen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Rudolph was not one of the original Santa's reindeer. Okay. He did not live at the North Pole. Oh, okay. Okay. So he wasn't Blitzen's son. No. Okay. No, he was not the offspring of any of Santa's reindeer. But rather, his loving parents raised him in what was called an ordinary reindeer village. Okay, whatever that is. I think it was Levittown, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Uh, And he was shunned and harassed by the other reindeer. So Santa did not pick Rudolph from his own reindeer herd. Rudolph wasn't part of it. But rather, Santa discovered Rudolph accidentally, when he was delivering presents on Christmas Eve to Rudolph's home and noticed the red glow coming from Rudolph's room. Okay. And Santa, as, as the night went on, the weather got worse and worse. It was getting foggy. And Santa was concerned that he wasn't going to be able to get his deliveries done on time to all of the boys and girls. And so he came up with an idea, and he says to Rudolph, Say, I can use you. How about if you guide my reindeer tonight so that they can see where they're going? I mean, insurance rates being what they are for (laughs) sleighs and everything. And Rudolph followed Santa and helped him deliver the presents. But before he did, he left a note for his mommy and daddy well, how responsible that, of saying, him. <laughs> I am going off with Santa to deliver Christmas Don't worry. tree. Don't worry about me. Now, May actually used his daughter, whose name was Barbara, by okay. the way. She's so four years old. True. He used her as, well, sort of a, a marketing guinea pig. Oh. Because he would recite the story to her. Right. And then he would notice if she was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And so he knew that if she was enjoying it, this was marketable to other young children. 
Okay. So it was re- really more market research that he was doing Aww. rather than comforting mm-hmm. his daughter. Although it again, it made for a nice story. And it probably did comfort her too. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine that at that time with having lost her mother and Christmas coming and stuff, it, she probably is enjoying the story. She was kind of like a, a, a one a one girl focus group. Okay. Maybe she said to her dad, well, what, what if we made the nose yellow? <laughs> what if it was like amber? And so who, who knows what the exchange was right. between little Barbara and, and Bob May. But because Bob May was actually an employee of Montgomery Ward, completing an assignment in employee of the company, the rights, the so-called intellectual property, were not owned by Bob May. They were owned by Montgomery Ward. And it wasn't until 1947. Almost 10 years later. That Bob May persuaded Montgomery Ward corporate president Sewell Avery to surrender the copyright for Rudolph to him. Now, what was that persuasion? We don't know. Yeah. Was it a friendly persuasion? Was it, were lawyers involved? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. We just know that Bob May eventually persuaded the head of Montgomery Ward to turn over the rights to the story to him. Now, it is true that May's brother-in-law was the famous composer Johnny Marks. And Marks did shop the song to several recording artists of the day, including Bing Crosby, whom we know now rejected it. Eventually, it was recorded by Gene Autry in 1949, Mm. nearly a decade, in fact, a little more than a decade, after Bob May had first created the story. So this is not something that happened overnight. Okay. Bob May left Montgomery Ward in 1951 to further pursue marketing his Rudolph franchise, which he did for the next seven years and did so very successfully. He actually did return later to Montgomery Ward for a few more years until he retired in 1971. And Bob May passed away in 1976, financially very comfy. Well, at least it had a happy ending. It did have a happy ending. But it's not quite the warm and fuzzy story yeah. That is circulating on the internet. I'm kind of disappointed. Thank but... you. Thank you, Snopes, for <laughs> once again getting to the root of the matter. And dashing the hopes of all, <laughs> all those who want a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Scrooge. Ah, oh, humbug. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, you got to wonder what happened to little Barbara. I know. Because she, she doesn't come up anywhere. Anywhere, no. And, uh, you know, what... What happened to the rest of, you know, he left very comfortably. I'm sure he left, they said he had other children. So I guess, you know, his children became heirs, but, uh, and but he that did kind remarry. of money. He did yeah, remarry. So I said he had other yeah. children. So I, I would imagine, you know, that they, they all lived very well off of his, you know, his inheritance, yeah. their inheritance from his estate. I mean, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in and of itself, it's a wonderful story. It sure is. And it, you know, it teaches young people, teaches children that it's okay to be different. Right. You know, and And you shouldn't bully people. You shouldn't bully people. And, you know, at this point in time in our history, you can't find a better message Mm -hmm. 
than that for, for young kids. Right. You know, be proud of who you are, make the best of who you are, and don't let anybody bully you. Exactly. It's a wonderful story. Unfortunately, the story of the creation of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it's, it's a nice story in some regard, but it's got a little tarnish on it, too. Yeah, but in the end, it all worked out. It did. <laughs> it did. So that is the story of the creation of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and that is our kind of our little holiday gift to you. And I guess we won't be doing another podcast until after Christmas, right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how busy. I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> We're not promising. We'll try. We'll see how busy it gets over here in the Toriello house. Until next time, I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. Goodbye. Bye.